Movie rewrites back coming at you with another Netflix. Boy, I would love to say original. I would really, really love to say it, but I can't. Talking about The Guilty from 2021, a crime thriller coming at that sweet spot that we've been liking at an hour and a half. And boy, is this just a single person movie all over again I was really missing wheel man i'll tell you that much <laughs> oh boy so jake you were just expressing to me that uh you've seen this before i have um and i can remember when i watched the first time i was like wow that was way better than i thought it was gonna be like i didn't really have i knew it was jake gyllenhaal i think that's why i watched it like i i had ran out of stuff to see or or you know on my list and i was like oh jake gyllenhaal i'll give this a watch and it was way better than i expected because being netflix you know you get a lot of bummers or duds but um and then as i watched it again it was like oh like i remember this movie like completely but for some reason it wasn't like stuck in my brain maybe because it's kind of a it's a bummer (laughs) it's a bummer movie like it's it's kind of it's it's dark it's a dark movie but um what do you mean dark okay you've seen this twice give me just a small give me what you would put on the back of the dvd of this what this movie is about just to give me a give me a quick plot synopsis i would say it's a, a cop that's accused of killing a person while on duty and he's gonna go through the uh the process the due process he has a fellow officer that is going to testify for him and he's planning on lying to get out of it he's put on desk duty dispatch duty and through the process comes to realize that he needs to be truthful instead of lying about it and then ultimately does that through the call that he he goes through and he's super stressed the whole time and just you could tell there's like an internal battle going on and it's also taking place in Los Angeles with all the wildfires and all the smoke and all the like chaos and, and everything happening there on top of it being a city and just craziness. I don't know. That's maybe a synopsis. It's funny you bring up the fires because I was wondering, is that just adding to the element of yeah it just being chaos? Is that you have first responders and fire and police? trying to contain all these wildfires as opposed to the normal chaos that ensues Los Angeles without a natural disaster happening. Like, does that really enhance any of this? I think it I does. I guess it does at some point of there because, like, the smoke's so bad I can't see anything out here. Right. Well, and just the impending, like, destruction. And I would say, too, obviously, for the movie's sake, they have it in the dispatch center, like, on the screen, like, boom, right in your face which I don't think in reality they would have that because they need to focus on their calls, not on this raging inferno, you know. Yeah, it seems very deliberate. Maybe they're supposed to be kept in the loop as they're on dispatch to see what's happening. I don't know. It was an interesting side plot, I guess right. I would call it. I, I don't know. I guess when you're trying to make a more realistic what's going on in this world that exists, but we've also created, how do you add flavor to it? Right. So the plot on this thing, good job, by the way. A troubled police detective demoted to 911 operator duty scrambles to save a distressed caller during a harrowing day of revelations and reckonings. Now, hold that thought for a second. I want to read you another plot synopsis. Jacob. Oh, no. Sorry. Let me start over. Alarm dispatcher and former police officer 
Asger Holm answers an emergency call from a kidnapped woman when the call is suddenly disconnected. The search for the woman and her kidnapper begins. Can you guess what that's from? I'm assuming a different movie. Yep. Released October 19th of 2018. And I think this is a Danish film of the same name. Oh. Oh, so they're just readapting. Okay. Dude, a 2018 movie? Yeah, but it's readapted foreign. Readapted in 20... 20- Oh my gosh, we're going to have this debate again. Okay. No, it's not a debate. It's totally legit of how Americans do it. It could be okay. released last year in Spain, but they're willing to do it because they know Americans would much rather watch a completely American movie with the exact same plot, but without sa- yeah. subtitles or dubbing. You know? The internet tells me that this was inspired by a real 911 emergency call and the true crime podcast serial. So they adapted, you know, real mixing with fiction to you know make give you this movie, but it's still I don't know the whole, here's my problem with that. I haven't seen the original Guilty, so I don't know what the underlying subtext is. If it's got a narrative that's speaking on police over there or anything else, but I feel the one we watched is trying to have some kind of like underlying narrative of what it's like to be a police officer or a first responder, or any of those things. And I don't know, honestly, I don't know how I feel about this movie. Because there's so many times I was like, okay, I'm glad Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. I've liked him in most things I've seen. What am I watching here? Because it starts throwing in these weird side plots and threads that I'm like, okay, we're obviously trying to make a statement about something, but what is it? I don't know if it works for me. Especially doing this essentially single cam or single actor movie. But Anyways, just real quick, let's get into who else is part of this movie. Antoine Fuqua is our director. you got to be familiar with this guy, right? The name doesn't ring a bell. Really? Oh, my God, dude. As a director, I think the biggest thing that he had... Oh, sorry. He's got 75 credits under his name. And I think you would know, like, Brooklyn's Finest, Training Day, Denzel and Ethan Hawke. Oh, okay. He's been around for a while. Tons of music videos. Uh, let's see. Southpaw with Hall, The Equalizer, Magnificent Seven. Equalizer 2. The Guilty. No, like you're saying, like, Training Day. Uh, yeah, Southpaw, I saw that as well. I've heard of Equalizer, Magnificent Seven. Yeah, okay. I just didn't realize who directed. Well, because I think part of this is you see those two names together on a movie. Like, oh, okay, we kind of got a little re- reunion going on. And with the director's past movies, you're like, okay, maybe I'm in for something interesting. Until you start watching and realize, oh, this is strictly Jake Gyllenhaal in front of a camera for the most part. Yeah. Like, there's not little much. action. And and I, you're already going to see it on the internet. Well, it's because of COVID. Okay, so at what point during oh, COVID really? did you guys realize, let's remake a movie where it's essentially one person? That was pre-COVID. So you don't like the premise behind single camera, single act- or single actor, and then verbal drama? Excellent question, sir. I don't know. Because for me, I like you're saying, all those thoughts did run through my head, but then I was trying to think about it from the perspective of the movie being different, and I came to terms with it, I guess. And for me, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, this will work. Like, yeah, he's just sitting in a call center. And for me, the f- the flaming screen was like everything. If that wasn't there, I, I think it would have been a different vibe. 
but that added more tension to the whole situation and like the drama of the calls because otherwise like how do you get invested like i guess the other thing too is uh, i kept thinking about was his behavior a normal 911 call operate operator or any emergency operator their entire premise needs to be calm cool and collective and he is the exact opposite all fired up all worked up you mean telling somebody who got robbed from a hooker like well that's kind of your own fault right or the guy who yep. calls in high is like well then maybe you shouldn't have spoke so much like yeah. this isn't an emergency yeah. don't call i really wanted the person yeah. who like calls in from a fast food restaurant like dude you forgot my fries and have him go off the yeah. handle on that that that's commentary well that's the other thing too like when he's when he's calling uh the supposed kidnapper tells him that he should be executed screaming at him like multiple times like gets this guy on the phone and talks to him but then gets to a point where the dude is getting screamed at by Jake Gyllenhaal's character and just straight up hangs up and in my perspective I'm like yeah I wouldn't ever pick up the phone again I'd be like no this dude's a psycho he says he's with 911 dispatch clearly he's not he's just a random dude that lies you know uh just real quick like we've been saying jake gyllenhaal's our primary focus of this movie there's a couple side characters in this but most of this is voice acted so ethan hawk paul dano peter skarsgård are lending their voices to the phone those are the ones of note other ones i'm not familiar with but doesn't mean they're not any less good with the voice acting in this because like you're okay you you asked me the question how do i feel about this basically being a single person i in some ways feel this movie and movies like it are taken like I'll bring up paranormal activity because we've kind of talked about it recently of that approach of a single cam. We only know everything that is from their, these characters perspective and nothing else. Like we don't get establishing shots outside. We don't get different cameras. Like it's like that. And so I compare it to that because we have to sit here and listen to Hall talk on the phone and hear the responses back through the phone. So we are still getting all the same information he's getting all at the same time. Except I get put off by it a little bit when there is this side plot that slowly develops of, we know he's in some kind of trouble because he's been demoted. We just don't know to what extent. And, you know, I guess in a movie that's not formulated like this, we would have seen what he did and the consequences after. Because we're finding out, well, his partner is going to lie for him. They've got this whole story figured out. Come to find out, he killed a, what, a late teenager because he wanted to at some point. And so... Well, yeah, it was sort of like the way he explained it, like the kid had done something wrong, but it wasn't really egregious. But then Hall got pissed off and killed him over it, was my understanding. Like, Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, just yeah, just went snapped. But at the same time, like the whole time I'm thinking about it is you think about high stress jobs, like a parole cop dealing with, you know, they only really deal with criminals and same with 911 operators. You only deal with people that are in trouble and high stress situation. And there's a breaking point for everybody. So, getting burned out and just going off the rails like completely normal. And and that's the other thing too. This is perspective of just uh what i've seen on tv here in montana we really have nothing compared to a city especially a city like los angeles i can't even imagine like who uh just real quick of note we've the writer of this is nick 
uh, Pizzolatto. He's only got six writing credits, but I have enjoyed the stuff he's done. He's done some episodes of The Killing, Magnificent Seven, True Detective, and something coming out called Ghost Army. He's a producer of True Detective, uh, directed some of them. So I've I've liked some of his stuff. I feel like his writing that I've enjoyed has been pretty tight. Like, it's been interesting to, to listen to. I don't know if I enjoy this that much. You bring up a good point. I feel like this character is super exaggerated and I don't think fits into the framework of what a 911 operator is. Even if you're a demoted right. cop, I feel like, no, you've been sent home already. Like, you've been written yeah. up again, buddy. I'm, I'm sorry. You can't, you can't just be like that. Yeah. You're not, you, you don't have the right disposition for this job. Like, yeah, exactly. You'll, you'll just fire, file forms and not interact with the public. Yeah. Yeah. Not be their literal line to help. Yeah. But uh, with that, though, it brings up the fact that he has insight of how things operate as an actual cop and he can, you know, try to communicate with people that, you know, he's trying to coordinate because he knows how how they work more so than a 911 like 911 dispatcher. They know that they just go through the chain of command, if you will, a communication chain of communication and it is what it is versus he knows what people are capable of or what cops are capable of or something like that so that seemed like an interesting perspective uh how do we feel about of course there is a wife and child who are in the middle of his madness and him trying to be a good father because i think this movie is trying to tell us he's at his core a good person and he made a mistake but because of that mistake he is willing to lie about it and he's got other people who's willing to go to bat for him and just try to sweep it under the rug. Because yeah. high stress situation, split de- second decisions. I feel like this movie's telling us he really didn't have a split second decision. He could marinate on it for a while. He still chose his action. He was still purposeful yeah. in what he did. Yeah. But he still wants to maintain like superiority, especially over this situation yeah. he finds himself involved in. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, I, it's, do we need more of the drama of a wife and child? I think it definitely adds to his internal battle because I feel like if he was single, no kids, no wife, and and obviously being a cop, I feel like most cops are portrayed as only having people that they work with as being close to because their schedules are so crazy and the work they do is so crazy. I feel like that that gives him an anchor to reality. Without that he could totally justify his actions without any guilt. You know what I mean? He could just write his own narrative as justification for his actions versus now he's being reminded with this victim, you know, with these victims on his call and then reminding him of his, his like grounding, his situation, his daughter, obviously his wife, they're already divorced, but you know, he still has his daughter. So I guess a couple points I want to try to bring up, and I don't know if this movie is trying to make a commentary on it. He ends up getting his partner to try to break into the alleged kidnapper's house. And the guy pushes back like, dude, I don't have a warrant for this. Like, what do you, like, I can't, is this trying to say maybe there isn't a need? Like, cause you, you know, you talk about like all the, all the different channels a 911 operator goes through. And if, if someone can be like, okay, well, I know for a fact that this person has kidnapped somebody and I have their address, do you really need a warrant to go in there and try to get information of where they're going? 
No, not not to get information for where they're going, but from I believe from a legal standpoint, all of that evidence that you might be able to gather is worthless because you didn't have a warrant to obtain it legally. Therefore, you cannot use any of it in a court of law. And I feel like that's a way to get a case dismissed. I am not a law person at all. What? But in my mind, that's exactly right. Isn't that weird? You're not into bird, um, bird law either? <laughs> bird law. <laughs> but yeah, it's it seems like for his focus, it's totally justified, totally reasonable to do that. But from like the overwhelming arc of... You know, we there's plenty of crime shows out there, and it's like, whenever this happens, oh, a cop is doing, you know, getting stuff done, and then the lawyers and you know people that are actually doing stuff lawfully or trying to, they're like, yeah, we can't use this. That's the whole reason we have all of these steps and all of these pieces, you know, in play. You know, you you completely ruined it. It's sure we got the guy, but we have to let him go because you ruined it. Like it's all worthless. So. That was sort of one thing I was thinking of is like, yeah, he's so focused, so tunnel vision. Yeah, we know this guy, you know, kidnapped. Yeah, we know where he lives. We need to break in and, and get more information. And then, boom, you know, down the road with a criminal case in the court. I don't know. It could be all worthless. Yeah, I there's just aspects of this that I'm not sure I gel with. And one of those is you brought up his... He yells at the kidnapper, you know, you you just need to be put down. Like, you're the worst scum of the earth, knowing what kind of person he is, too. And so when we get the uh, the reveal, the twist, if you will, that she is mentally unstable and mm-hmm. stabbed her infant, he, like, flips the, his, his mentality of, like, oh, well, no, don't jump off this bridge. Like, we'll get you the help. We'll get you the help. And this goes back to my question of what is this? Is this trying to say something about the state of mental health that we have? That was my that was my take. This is very. Is that the core argument of this movie? No, I wouldn't say it's the core. I would say it's uh, one of the many elements. I feel like they're trying to touch on a lot of topics. Well, it's a multi-layered, uh, but it is okay. definitely it's multi-layered. Yeah, uh, but it's definitely a major element. And it is, yeah, I would say it is a commentary on our current society and mental health and how we approach mental health. Because like you say, I mean, as you as you talk about how he talked to the husband or the dad and then that change in how he talked to the mom, it's like, huh, yeah, it seems like he would have just kept with that theme of like, do it, jump, jump off the bridge, you know? Yeah, what's the difference if he was mentally unstable and kidnapped? Versus she's right. mentally un- unstable. Uh, so l- I guess we should explain. He gets a 911 call from a woman who, this is starting to build the suspense. She's been kidnapped. She's answering yes or no questions because he. she said she called her daughter. And Gyllenhaal is trying to get all the information he can. She's been kidnapped, yada, yada. As the story progresses, we find out that there is a 8, 10-year-old daughter involved who's talking to Jake Gyllenhaal also. He's able to track down the address. It's revealed later, like, the infant has been stabbed. We're not sure dead or alive. Cops actually get there. End of the movie is it's in the ICU and apparently alive. But the twist comes that she's not being kidnapped. She stabbed the child, and the ex-husband is forcibly taking her to an institute. So yeah. all this drama builds up to a point, and any any conversation... 
that Hall has with the kidnapper, all the kidnapper has to say is, this is my ex-wife. This is where we're going. I don't understand right. why the secrecy, because I, I, and again, it's revealed that she doesn't fully understand what she did. She thought she was helping the, the baby and then acts like remorseful about it. And he doesn't like, right. to, like he kind of lies about it because he thinks it's dead. Oh no, Oliver's fine. Right. It's, it's all, it's all good. Like it's been taken care of. He's fine. But she's yeah. like wants to kill herself now. So where I start right. getting disconnected, I'm like, there's a short sentence that could have been said to the 911 operator of what's going on and then we're done. Right. Well, I guess that's the whole premise behind most movies, right? There's easy outs, but then you don't have a movie. No, you don't have a movie, but I, that's why I say like I, I needed something more than just, okay, it's ex-husband taking crazy wife. Okay, that's bad. Emotional distraught wife to get Mentally help. Uns- yeah, unsound, to get help. Yeah. And for him to have not called 911 to begin with is also mildly frustrating. Because you... I, I it, look at it, it is, as these, these are these are characters not acting in a rational way, knowing right. that they themselves are probably not rational people. And I, right. I don't, because it's just built, like, it's drama for drama's sake. Well, I would say this. They're trying to showcase that humans are not rational creatures. You, We like to think of ourselves yeah. as such, 100%. But when you have incredible stress, incredible trouble like they're going through, like the 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 dad is describing how she was on meds. They thought she could go without them because they couldn't afford the drugs. Yep, another commentary. And she goes and does this like for me? It's it's rationalized, and I see where he's coming from. Also, exactly what you're saying. I agree with you. Like easy, uh, call nine one one. This is what happened. You know, out of my hands. Versus, I think in their in their uh, thought process, the dad's uh, thought process is. Not rational. That's the whole point. Like, he's so distraught. So, he's blaming himself, you know. Couldn't get the medication. Like, you know, it's not her fault. But, you know, all she needed was medication. And, and he couldn't afford to, to get it. And, and that's why she did this. And, you know, he doesn't want to see her hurt. But he also knows that it's not his place. And just out of his mind, behavior seemed believable enough for me. That I was able to... I guess, continue watching the movie without being super irritated. Well, I guess it also calls in a question. Like, if they're divorced and she's got sole custody of the kids, or were they divorced? Yeah. Sole custody of the kids, it's like, okay, well, is this, is this also, again, a commentary of, like, the legal system of, like, yeah. because she's the woman, like, she automatically gets the kids despite. No, no, no. Uh, the reason why she, because I was thinking about that, too. I was like, if she's documented, has health, uh, mental health issues, like, it shouldn't. But the reason why she had got it, was because he had a criminal record and she didn't. Disclaimer to audience, we're not any kind of professional. We're no, just speaking out our asses at this point. Well, yeah. okay, so he has a criminal record, so that automatically does not allow him to be sole caretaker oh, of his children. Not. Okay. Yeah, yeah I From think... my understanding, if you have any knock against you, you like versus another parent that doesn't have any knocks, like you're good luck having any, you know, chance, yeah. I guess. Okay, well, maybe this Maybe this movie does have more layers to it and something to say that I'm just not connecting with for some reason. I don't know. And, and I guess the other p- question I have for you is, what's the turning point for Hall's character of this where he decides, like, never mind, but never mind, partner. I don't need you to lie for me. I'm just going to go in there, tell the truth, and whatever happens, happens. Because he's now realizing, I need to be responsible for this. Like, what's the turning? Like, why, why, why is it this <sighs> yeah. experience is what 
changes his mind because it's still his life on the line. Yeah, he's got people like covering for him, which they could also get in trouble and discipline for. Right. So why is it this kidnapping experience what changes his viewpoint of how to handle this situation? I don't know if there's necessarily a, a straight answer for that. I feel like this is another commentary on just human behavior and there isn't one thing that will convince anybody to do anything or think any certain way. But for him, I could see it that it's the whole point of the little girl and he has a little girl talking with the mentally ill mother. He has an ex-wife like there's like direct relation to his life outside of being a cop or a detective, whatever he is. And so for him, that's really the connector piece that gets him thinking internally about what is right, what is wrong, what is worth, you know. And and also, too, I would say, thinking about it, I'm just going to throw it out there. I don't know if this is right. But from my perspective, when he finds out that it's the mother that committed it, that was the turning point. Because at first it was like, clearly the dad is psychopath, kidnapping the mom, clearly stabbed the baby obviously and then once he finds out no mom's unstable dad's trying to fix everything or just do as best he can you know plus he knows he has a criminal record like i don't know it's it seemed like that was a flipping point but yeah i don't know did the father think the baby was dead too again this goes back to the baby's not dead but these events happen and not 911's not called he just forcibly shoves her into a van and off they go that's what i'm saying like this just seems so right crazy to me. It is, yeah. 100%. And is it is it strictly just so that there's a movie? Because yeah, I would say yes, but I would also say that it's still to the realm that this could happen in real life because there's crazy stuff that people do every day, and that's where I'm coming from. Is yeah, uh, totally in an ideal world should not occur, but we live in a crazy time. Just Humans are, they do very rational things. So that's where I find it pretty believable is like, yeah, just, you just go, you just snap essentially with high stresses and you're not thinking straight and you're just going and doing, I guess. I don't know. That's the other part too, is just, just the awareness of like, I've never been anything like that through anything (laughs) like that. So who knows how I behave? Like it's hard to say. So it makes it more believable for me. Well, stay with me on my on my train of thought here. Choo choo. Okay. I I recently watched Scream. Uh-huh. And once you get to the end of that movie and the reveal that there's two murderers and they're setting up Cindy's dad to be the murderer, I look back on the film as it goes and she is targeted second to be murdered. And so I have to ask, was the attempt to be successful or unsuccessful? And how does that change the progression of the movie? Because if it's strictly for audience sake and not logical thinking of these movie characters, I find it to be bogus. Because if if their goal is to murder a person and then murder the daughter of you know, if watch the movie, I'm not gonna get into the whole thing, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> at some at some point you gotta ask. Is this one scene happening just for the sake of a scene in a movie? And what's it serving from here on out? Because that's why I ask about this 911 call with the guilty. At some point, there has to be like, 
okay, this is happening just for the sake of having a movie as opposed to it's happening in the sake of like what was planned by these characters, if you look about think about it, as them being real people. So go back to Scream. If the murderer's goal is to murder her, at why is she getting targeted second as opposed to kill all her friends, kill her at the end? It's like with the guilty. If your goal is to, to have all these commentaries, at what point are these actions that are happening just to have a movie? And maybe mm-hmm. I just don't, maybe my train derailed to make absolutely no sense. I feel like you're just trying to over-rationalize it. Fine. But I completely agree with you at the same time. Like, if you're going into a movie trying to think of it logically from your perspective as a person in this world and thinking that people behave rationally and logically and with a plan in place and you follow it to a T, then 100% like, yeah, it does not work. The other thing too is if you don't realize that movies have to stretch truths or well, yeah. arc off storylines in order to even exist then again, you're not going to enjoy movies. Because I completely agree yeah. with you. There's been movies, uh, this one included, where there's parts and you're like, eh, that's a stretch. But I have also learned to not focus on those stretches because it ruins it. And I, I'm i I'm not watch- watching a documentary. I'm watching, you know, fantasy. So for yeah. me, I just try to put it out of my mind. Because like you say, I mean, you're totally right. It's It's just for the sake of the plot. It's like a lot of things. You're like, why did that happen? That doesn't make any sense. And you're like, oh, that's because if that didn't happen, the entire movie wouldn't happen. Like, yeah, it, it has to happen. So I know when you watch a movie, you have to have like a certain level of expectation and then maybe at the same level or higher than of just suspension of all belief. Uh-huh. You know, like, you know, I go into a superhero movie. Yeah, of course, there's going to be lifelike elements into it, but it's still got some superhuman being in it. When I'm watching Jake mm-hmm. Gyllenhaal be a 911 operator, I guess I am expecting a more logical progression of events. And, I, you know, and I say that knowing we've already said, like, but you're asking for logical things in an illogical world because you can't fault the father for doing what he's doing in this scenario because at that moment, that's well, you, what you, he thinks you he's totally doing. Can. Well, yeah, but he's doing right. what he thinks is best in the moment, which is. Right. Leave a possibly dead infant and an eight-year-old home alone to drive somebody to a hospital as opposed to calling 911. Right. And so I guess that's the point for me. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm just, from here on out, this is where I have to, you know, disbelieve everything that, or, you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. to me, that's the illogical move that the movie makes. And now I'm like, okay, well, right. now maybe I'm, I'm taken out of it because to me, that just seems... Well, I guess the other problem, too, is that you need to probably put this perspective in your mind that people behave illogically and without rational thoughts. Like, they make really, yeah, just normal humans make really, really dumb, bad decisions that make no sense in the moment. I'm guilty of it, too. Maybe I should need to drink. Me, too. I just need to drink more during these movies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, relax, man. Be be responsible. I, but, yeah, um, I, I think this movie does an okay job of building the suspense for me, but there's a couple of times in this when things happen. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, all right. He's just a 911 operator who can be a dick to everybody and still work essentially overtime, and I don't know. Okay. No, and that's I agree with you because his role in this movie doesn't make sense. I mean, all, we've already talked about it, like, 
they do not hire people that are highly emotional. That's the whole point of that operator is to be the the neutral grounding point. Cool and calm to calm down the crisis. People. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so right there from the get go makes no sense. He needs to be at a desk pushing papers, not talking to anybody, you know? Well, I also feel like the legality of it too, like he should not be able to have contact with his partner or anybody else from his precinct or whatever right? with this investigation right? going on. And if that were to happen, he doesn't accomplish half the things he gets to do in this movie. Like he calls in favors, he knows people. And again, it goes back to, okay, well, if you're able to just use your buddy who's going to cover for you, Dude, you're just getting everybody in hot water right now. And it, and I, maybe the maybe yeah, the real question we need normal. to be asking is what would you do to try to save someone's life when you are literally right. tied to a phone? You're essentially playing an investigator on your end trying to figure out everything. Yeah, you have one tool. You yeah. have your contacts through phone communication only. Yeah. And well, you're relying on, you know, the 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 highway patrol going out and finding this van, uh, going getting officers to go to the house to to help the the children. Your partner going to his house to get info of maybe where the kidnapper is going. Like you start relying on other people and the resources, right. and and as as the viewer start realizing the limitations of those. Right. Essentially, having to sit back and wait, yeah, and hope things work out. Hope you gave them the right information. Hope that they acted appropriately. Which is probably why when he talks to the actual professional dispatch people, they are just neutral. They don't, they're not excited. They're not sad. They're not amped up. They're just like, this is what it is. Because that's the only way to really survive. Because you see him like losing his mind, which is very understandable for like normal people. And it's like, no, you're not in the best state of mind to help people if you're freaking out all the time, you know? But obviously, him, it's so complicated with his internal battle, too. Well, Jake, before we get into reviews, give me your final thoughts. You've seen this movie twice. So the first time I watched it, no expectations. And I'd say second time too, no expectations, just watching it. Okay, wait. Um, the first the, time. The, the better was... question, let me ask you this though. When you watch it the first time for enjoyment versus watching the uh-huh. second time with like an analytical lens on it, does it sour your opinion of the movie? I would say my enjoyment factor went down the second time. You're welcome. Uh, when I just watched it, well, it, and the reason is, is because when I watched it the first time, I had no idea what it was. Um, second time, obviously remembered it. But the first time, it was just everything was new. I, I guess I didn't have the opportunity to really take it on, to really feel or really process everything. Versus the second time, it was like, wow, this is a downer movie. This is dark. I mean, it's real too. It it it's addressing so many real like things in life, which makes it even more of like a dark downer movie than I realized before. And I'm like, ah, like it's good, but I also don't like it because it's 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 a downer, you know. It's good, but it's downer, and I don't like that. I don't know. It seems like they did a good job. If I'm feeling emotion. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm feeling like bummed out from it, right? It's yeah. like, uh, it seems like they're effective. I guess the question I ask myself is, does this movie benefit from having other shots of, say, you know, the actual van and the interaction between the ex-husband and wife and her talking on the phone? Does it increase any of that as opposed to us just hearing it through the phone? The highway patrol rolling up on the van and actually like seeing what they're doing, does it? Does this add does it add anything more to the movie 
to have scenes like that as opposed to, well, we're just hearing everything through a phone. Well, I don't know if it if it adds per se, but for me, um, it's like you're talking about with Wheelman. This forces you into per- into a perspective that's new, and then if they were to throw in other shots of the action, it would just go back to a normal movie. So for me, I enjoy yeah. that they kept it like this because it forces a different dynamic completely for the movie. You're stuck from his perspective. You can only hear things. You can't see them. You can only imagine. Like he's like uh, when he first was talking with the highway patrol and they dramatize his imagination of pulling over a white van type thing. Like I like that because that's giving the idea of like that's all he can do. You know, and that's what we have to do too. Whether that makes the movie better or worse, I I don't know. I can't say. I I'd say for me, it makes the movie better because it's different. I guess that's what I'm gonna say. If this movie structured off the original, where there's no other shots outside of this uh-huh. the nine one one thing, I, I guess I would like to see if we're gonna just gonna ad- readapt this. To go that extra little bit and say, okay, well, let's, where can we find the real drama and the things we want to see to bring in the emotions? And maybe it'd be interesting to see, like, okay, he's on his end of the call, but the cops that show up at the kid's apartment, it gives, like, you know, the the matrix zoom into the phone and all the wires and it pops out on their end. And now from that point of view, watching them investigate this house and same with going to the highway patrol. I, you know what I mean? If you're already adapting something and you're like, okay, well, the only thing we're really going to do different is the dialogue. Maybe we should do some insert, insert shots of having something different enough to stand out. I, that's just me. I mean, yes, but I feel like uh, it changes the movie completely at that point. Fair enough. So exactly what you're saying about the, the foreign movie. I don't know what, how that was shot. So, yeah, if they were wanting to keep to that vein, I would say that makes more sense of why they did what they did. And then if they were just like, oh, we'll use it as a as a springboard, it makes sense why they would go your route and say, hey, we're going to throw in these other elements and make this more substantial of a movie in a certain way. Well, that was my argument with Point Blank. It's like, just you can remake this movie or you can make this movie and not have to be a remake. Like, I don't understand. You can have all these same things and different, and make it different enough to where you don't have to call it point blank. You're not drawn on any right. kind of crowd of like, oh, it's the remake of point blank that came out however many years ago it was, which was less than a decade. So, I don't know. I guess, I, I guess what my argument is, I feel Netflix, the ones we've chosen lately, is kind of lazy. And maybe they're starting to elevate. Yeah, I mean, and I don't. I don't know. To be honest with you, that's American cinema, though. I mean, right. you look at you look at all of the superhero movies. Granted, they're done well, but it's all rinse and repeat. Uh, you look yeah. at any of the remakes. Lazy. You're just redoing what's already been done. But the reason why they're doing it is because it makes money. Like I'm with you. Like it's lazy, but they're in it to make money, and it's making money. So I guess that's why. They keep doing it because people are still watching. I don't know. I agree with you. But that's the other thing, too. It's like uh, that brings up the point of there has been a handful of movies in recent years that are completely original. But the problem is, is that you don't see the box office return. So then they don't get made again. Or you do see a box office return. 
And then, again, they more aren't made for some reason. I don't know why. Studios don't want to put their money towards that. Lazy is more predictable in profits. People want to eat what they already know tastes good. <laughs> why stray from I the guess. menu is what you're saying. Yes. Yes. Well, this is America. We like French fries. I'll give me give me more French fries. I don't know. I do like my French, French fries. French fries tastes good. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be giving me those um, sweet potato fries. Yeah, those are good too, though. They are, but yeah, if you like a crispy fry, it's just you can't can't do that with a sweet potato fry. Well, I come down on the middle of this movie. I'm going to sit on the fence and say I can't hate it nor love it. It's it exists, and that's where I'm going to say. Okay, I'm going to go with a slightly above neutral with a enjoyed it. <laughs> um, good, good. But I uh, can't necessarily recommend it to everybody. I would say there's a lot of triggers, and uh depends on uh, if you're looking for sort of a dark, bummer movie, then this is one to watch. But That's the if one you're to trying watch. to be happy, this is not one. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do some of these uh, one-star reviews. Guilty exclamation point for being a bad film. JG is good, <laughs> but not in this, even though he produced it unbelievable script and bad portrayal of a 911 operator he is the last person i would put on that job save your time don't yeah. watch this yeah we kind of had the same thing like this guy just is batshit crazy and you're gonna put him on the phone to help distraught people cool good luck yeah. with that this one is entitled guilty question mark the real guilt here is wasting an hour and a half of my life watching this pathetic mess how can an <laughs> agent read this script and say hey jake do I ever have an opportunity for you? He should be fired. The whole premise was absurd. I hated to give it even one star. That's pretty, that's harsh. That's really harsh, yeah. That's a, ooh, sometimes mildly agree with, mildly. <laughs> uh, the last one star, Snorefest. Wow, one of the worst films I've ever seen. The whole entire film is focused on that character's face. LOL, no suspense, no drama, no humor, no romance, no nothing but Jake Gyllenhaal face. LOL, poor execution of a film, honestly. Skip it, LOL. That was all one sentence. That's why I had a, a, a trouble wow, for a second. that's great. <sighs> I'm glad that you read it as it's supposed to be written or, wrote, or read. <laughs> I read it yeah, as, as you it was going, written. I was like, yeah, zero punctuation. Awesome. You're gonna, you're gonna and have some a pause LOLs in there. LOLs are in there. Let's get the opposite side of that with some 10 out of 10s. Wow, great movie. <laughs> right from the big fire scene at the start, then the bit with the asthma <laughs> puffer. I knew this would be nonstop action, but then I fell asleep. 10 out of 10. <laughs> what? Okay, so this guy got from this movie, there's fire and he has asthma. Great movie. And then he fell asleep. Yep. Maybe this guy- Nonstop action. Uh, wow. I just... That's a great bot right there. Don't... <laughs> Man, bots are getting funny. <laughs> okay, this one's going to take a little bit of a more social commentary. Don't defund police. Defend them. This movie is brilliant. No need for any other review, just a comment. Those screaming for defunding cops could not, would not, and should not even try to take their place. They do not understand sacrifice. They know only political rhetoric, words with no substance. This film offers just a glimpse of the reality of law enforcement. If you aren't willing to walk their walk, then you best get silent and get out of their way. We need them. 
You think this is wow, a commentary is on don't very... on defunding the police? Yeah, not on a movie. Well, I don't think it's this movie. I yeah. think this movie is just giving us a glimpse into maybe what it's like to be a cop in a different role. Maybe? Yeah, just one very small perspective of being a cop. I guess, but mostly being a nine one one dispatcher. Yeah, to to take it to that far. Yeah, defund the police yeah, seems a little extreme. There's no even for mention that. of defunding the police. Yeah. Yeah, I but guess. okay. Uh, this one I'm going to read because I have no idea what it means. Dread 2012 and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which Jake Gyllenhaal is a part of. There are two pop culture sociologies that are the meaning of the guilty. Okay, Dread 2012 and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Marvel takes on the literal identity so that Dread's metaphor can extend to seeing and not just architecture. The leeway, the 1998-54 proxy invader syndrome. Yeah. What? What? But this movie's a 10 out of 10. I have no idea what that. I don't know how you watch all. the guilty and be like, you know what? It's just like Dread and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't know what yeah, this is. It is a proxy to 1954, whatever, whatever. Yeah. The purpose of me reading that is because these are so batshit sometimes that you can't even be yeah. like. Like, there's no such thing as, like, a Clearly, it makes no sense. People were just like, I'm going to rate some movies today and just write some words. <laughs> if I put Marvel into it, maybe I'll get more uh, more likes. Okay, oh, well, yeah, we, yeah. we can't do the, the highs and the lows and not hit the middles. This one's called Great Jake Gyllenhaal. Really Oscar-worthy performance of Jake Gyllenhaal. In my opinion, he delivered one of his best performances. The story itself is not so hot, but if you have nothing better to watch, it works for a solid, entertaining evening. Give it a chance. If you don't expect too much, you will enjoy it. Five out of ten. Okay, so it's Oscar-worthy, but it's also so terrible that it's just background noise. Well, I see where he's coming from. He's saying that Jake Chilton-Hall's performance was very good, but the plot was, the screenplay wasn't very good. All right. Fair enough. That's what I got from that. You can't have a bad screenplay and still have, can you have a bad screenplay and an Oscar-worthy performance? No. You can have a performance that tries to raise the screenplay, but, because it's so good. Yeah. But I feel like without a good screenplay, it's still nothing. I could be wrong about that. (laughs) We've probably been wrong about a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this one is entitled 911 Confessions. So Jake takes a call from a kidnapped girl, but it's all a farce. He confesses to killing someone in the end. It's a COVID one set film. <laughs> oh, yeah, like you said. COVID it's times. Just, it's just There is so... Manny though. Manny came over and got real close without a mask. Oh yeah, that is that is true. Here's a question. Uh what is the budget for this film? My guess was $5 million. Oh, really? You're going to ask me about budgets, you son of a bitch? At uh, the same time, the fact that this is one camera, essentially, in one set, $5 million seems way too high. I'm going to go drop it down to 750000 You know, usually it says it on any one of these websites I've got open a, a budget. Yeah, even IMDb didn't have anything. Wikipedia usually does. Even on the Google... Search once you do it, it brings up its uh, budget, est- at least an estimate of it. This thing doesn't even want to attempt to give an estimated budget. I, you you okay. got to imagine 10 million <laughs> is probably a good spot to start. 
especially when all you're doing is paying Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know. We've talked well, about you, budgets yeah, before. Voice I have acting no idea. can't. Yeah, voice acting shouldn't cost very much. They can. Yeah, they're not even on screen. So, oh, there's Bill Burr in there too. What? You're crazy. Yeah, Bill Burr did a voice. He was the Barracuda guy. When I heard him, I was like, "What? Who's the Barracuda guy?" Uh the the nine one one caller that was like, "Yeah, there's a guy here that's that's being an asshole or something. You need to come get him out of here or something like that." I'm at the Barracuda and oh, and, yep, uh, there he is, right there, nightclub caller. Yeah, and Bill then Jalen okay, Hall's asked him a question, and then uh, Bill Burr's like, "Fuck you," and then. And then uh, Jalen Hall's like, fuck you too. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly what 911 callers should do. You know, super well, prof- professional. Yeah, yeah, so professional. So yeah, professional. Just lose your shit. Yeah. Good thing you are going to trial tomorrow, today, whatever. Yeah. In the movie. Yeah, they was, it went into the, yeah, his day he was supposed to go to trial. This last five star goes off on an interesting rant. Probably not near as uh, cryptic as the uh, dread one, but, anyways. A bank deposit for Gyllenhaal between obscure mu- movies. This movie has been done several times before, but in the past, there's actually action combined with dispatcher nonsense to make it worth watching. Acting is okay, but this is seriously one of those stupid formula movies. Find a template, hire a big budget actor, soak the masses so they can make their stupid movies, and everyone can buy whatever fads millionaire actors spend their money on. Sure. Jake Gyllenhaal huh. is the only feature in this movie. So unless, I don't know why people are taking pot shots here. So unless you're a 40-year-old single woman with a tub of chocolate ice cream or are with a 40-year-old woman pretending to drink diet soda while you are looking to get lucky, watch some other version like Halle Berry in The Call or something. I don't, huh. under, I don't understand why... The yeah. title makes no sense to what the rant is about. Stay focused, people. Yeah. And what obscure movies are you talking about? I can't. Give me some substance of what you're doing. I don't know. Right. You got to name names. Come on, man. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. And wow. also 40-year-old woman with a tub of ice cream. Uh, or if you're a dude trying to get lucky with said 40-year-old woman, well, you're drinking, drinking a Diet Coke? Who? She's drinking a Diet huh. Coke. I don't oh, I thought know. you were I... drinking a Diet Coke as she was eating the tub of ice cream. You're trying to get lucky. Well, let me, let me read the, uh, let's see. She's eating the ice cream, <laughs> pretending to, or you're a 40-year-old woman pretending to drink. I don't know how you're pretending to drink a diet soda while you're looking to get lucky. So she's trying to get lucky while drinking a soda, but it's got to be your <laughs> bowl. And if you understand that reference, <laughs> good on you. Good that's for a, you. Cause that's a, you don't know it? I still don't. I still okay, don't Okay, well, you need to go back and watch Tommy Boy. No, don't worry about it. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. Just say it. What? Tommy, like in Tommy Boy, like his dad always does this expression. It's like, I can get a good look at a T-bone steak by sticking my head up a bull's ass, but I'd rather take right. the butcher's word for it. And throughout the whole movie, like Tommy never gets it right. But he's like, well, I can get a good look at a T-bone by sticking my head up a butcher's ass. No, but it's got to be your bull. So it's like, he can never get it oh. right. <laughs> like, you're not, it's like, that's what I was saying with this. Like, I don't understand oh, okay. what, what. <laughs> This has to do with the review, much less the movie. But that's why we read some of these, because it's fun to be like, what? My nonsense makes more sense now after reading this nonsense. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Because we just live in a nonsense world. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. All right, Jake. So we talked about The Guilty. 
it's an interesting yeah. film. I'll give it that, even though now I feel like I need to watch the original version just because. And the call or whatever, the calling or whatever. I vaguely remember that Halle Berry having a movie about being a 911 dispatcher. So I don't know. Maybe we should have done 911 dispatch movies. <laughs> I guess I didn't realize there was so many of them to choose from. Right, right. I guess I need to start looking that up. But Jake. Yeah. Not Jake Gyllenhaal. Thanks yeah. for talking about The Guilty with me. And uh, yeah. we will resume our Netflix movies uh, in the future. And maybe we'll hit some gems that we don't know are out there. Yeah, there's only one way to find out. And we'll find out. Well, for Movie Rewrite, <laughs> thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Emergency operator 625. What is the address of your emergency? Help me. Okay, sir. Am I speaking to Drew Nash? Yeah. Are you at 1304 Briarwood? No, 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 no. Okay, so where are you then? It's dark and I, I can't breathe. All right, well, I need to know where you are. Fuck, no, no, no. I show you're in Bacoma. No. What did you take, Drew? What? Did you take drugs, Drew? Yeah, I did. You shouldn't do that. What did you take? Speed. Shoot it up or snort it. Take a deep breath and answer me. I can't breathe. You know, I'm fucking scared. I, I understand, but it's your own fault, isn't it? True. Yes, yes. Just send the fucking ambulance. If you give me your address, I'll send both an ambulance and the police. No, 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 no. Fuck, fuck.